Developmental language disorder. One in 14. DLD. The DLD project. The Talking DLD podcast. Brought to you by the DLD project. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Talking DLD podcast. I am super excited to be talking to the wonderful Shelby Anderson. Shelby, can you tell our listeners about your connection with DLD? And I guess, what brings you here today? Um, so I have DLD and I was diagnosed, diagnosed, diagnosed mm. only two years ago. So it wasn't a shock because I have always felt that there was um, something different or I felt different from other people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was all that just down to the dyslexia Mm -hmm. as well so um yeah in 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 the job that i i work in with working around children and the, the type of support we do it also sort of highlighted some of the areas for me a little bit more and saying oh I have that difficulty as well yeah so then that was led into us um well for me to find how I go about um getting an assessment because obviously with it was because I was a bit old I was um 25 at the time Mm -hmm. so it wasn't as simple because um on the NHS it's they, they only have um, a certain type for the adults so it, I went down for a private assessment route for it. You're also very well known for your social media presence. DLD why can't you see me? Do you want to tell us well actually I'm getting ahead of myself we're going to talk about that a little bit later but Shelby thanks so much for sharing about your diagnostic process and I know it wasn't um, necessarily easy from an uh, adult perspective but can you take us through some of the steps where you know that you needed to take to be diagnosed with DLD you said it's just been in the last two years but were there any early signs um I would say yes um so when I was a child I I was the youngest one and I would always just point or not really or mumble or yeah, to for my other siblings to get um, what I wanted that way. And I just, I wasn't talking at all. And then my mum obviously took me to the doctors and they thought I was speaking my own language. <laughs> I wasn't making any sense. And then um, that went into having speech therapy as well in up until primary school and in the reports it said that I had phonological and expressive language delay mm-hmm. so yeah but I still feel after that I still had the trouble of expressing or especially when you're emotional or mm-hmm really frustrated it would do I wouldn't make any sense it would all just come out like sort of thing 
I'm, I'm curious, and sorry, this isn't one of my original questions, Shelby, but, you know, you've looked at these assessment reports. What did you think as an adult reading these speech therapy reports from when you were a kid, or at least looking at them? Um, it was, at that time, I was at university doing um, my BSc in human communication science. So that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to like look back because I couldn't remember or I didn't have any information other than I used just the memory of going. Mm -hmm. So um, looking at the reports, there wasn't too much information, but it was there was a couple of pages of like one of the assessments documents. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and the other ones just said how much, just like a little note. So it wasn't too much, mm. but it was quite, I don't know, weird, weird in a way. Yeah. But good. Because then it was like, okay, that's what, there was a name for it other yeah. than I just speak. Yeah. Do you have any memories of some of those early speech pathology sessions? I'm always thinking about my clients that I, you know, the kids that I work with and think, are you going to grow up and or you're going to are you going to remember any of what we've done but also is it just going to remember like the toys or the you know the play that we did like what, do you have any memories of your early speech pathology sessions yeah i have i remember the games yeah. um uh the pirate pop-up pirate oh a classic yes yeah and then there was the other one where it had the little sticks that you put in the oh, the marble one. Um, yes, I, I can't know. remember what it's called, but yes, I've got that one. <laughs> but no, I do remember because uh, I used to have a folder with all the speech sounds and words that I had to focus on. So I always remember having to have that with me or go through mm -hmm. each one. And then I think that's sort of created... And like I wanted to help others, or that's the sort of reason why I love to help other people. Now, flash forward a few years, and you're now this amazing internationally recognised advocate for DLD. I literally was on the phone this afternoon with a, a parent of a, a little one with DLD who said to me, "Oh, I love her TikToks." Um, so you know, Australians are recognising you. You're, you're you know known around the world. Can you take us through, I guess, your early days of starting out as a rattled or raising awareness of DLD volunteer and some of the awareness activities that you started taking on? Because it's only been the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, sorry, that it feels so weird when you say international. It's just, yeah, um, it's nice, but I, I'm the person that I don't have... I get sort of shy with all the attention on me, but I'd rather have the attention on the DLD, if that makes yeah, sense. But yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it all started after getting the diagnosis and um, looking at RADL and all the information, and I was thinking of how could I express or like talk about my story. So that's the reason why I created the poem, even though I didn't think I was a poet, <laughs> <laughs> but I done that. And then 
everyone's feedback was overwhelming really mm -hmm. positive mm -hmm. and that's sort of pushed me doing the um the awareness count accounts mm -hmm. the videos where I sort of gradually moved up. I was just doing the videos or not talking and recently just sort of trying to talk in them. Mm -hmm. um, last year we done two of the awareness videos of... Oh, the Think um, Language, Think DLD. Yeah, so um, I we done like a group and we sang, like sort of talk, um, well, this is me. And then the second one was when we was all talking about the poem mm -hmm. lines there. oh yes yep yep and then yeah that's sort of the activities i sort of get inspired from other people and all the other rattles um volunteers as well mm -hmm. and how much everyone's work is sort of it's like a team mm -hmm. <laughs> we're like a big team and it all makes a difference mm. I completely agree. And we love your work on social media. I think that, um, you know, your decision to go on camera and do some of, as you say, your more talking videos has been great. I think um, we've got lots of people now in the space that parents for a long time have said to me, you know, what are they going to be like when they grow up? And now I can say, well, you know, here are, here are, amazing men and women with DLD and this, these are the sorts of things they're doing. And it's so lovely to be able to share that with, with people. Um, so you've kind of already answered my next question, which is what made you want to start DLD? Why can't you see me? But maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that, I guess. And what gave you the courage to put yourself out there publicly, you know, as a person with DLD? It's like we benefit so much from you, but why, what makes you want to do it? um I think it's it's because I want to help and because there isn't necessarily that much aware there is up the awareness mm. but it's not as much and you so I felt like especially on social media mm. obviously there is other people with their accounts with DLD but there's it's still like a, I was not in a rude way but it's just like a small amount where first is for, for example, um, social media accounts with either autism or something like that, they have a more larger viewing. So yeah. I thought DLD is kind of missing or not at that same level. But yeah. hopefully we can get to that level where everyone has that understanding and awareness. And I think with the support of my family and the support of all the people who are interested in DLD, mm. so like Raddle themselves, um, you guys, the DLD project. I always get nervous trying to make sure I say the name right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think everyone's sort of support helps that courage because I am quite a shy person but once you get to know me my bubbly side comes out and it is scary to put yourself out there but I have always ex sort of expressed my difficulties so then everyone sort of knows and sort of explains how I am as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And like I said, we benefit so much from you doing that. So we're so appreciative. You're very honest and giving of yourself, which makes it even more genuine, you know, because we know that it's the true you sharing it all. So thank you. Um, in addition to your social media presence, you've also published your first book, which was modelled off the wonderful poem that you were talking about, DLD, Why Can't You See Me? How does it feel to be a published author now? <laughs> it's so, it's so strange or it's like pinch me moment. I still can't believe I've done it. Um, mm -hmm. It sometimes it still doesn't feel real yeah. in a way for me, because um, I was trying to think, okay, what next? What can I do next to sort of do that? And I, um, and a children book. It mm. was not many people have done that either. I know mm. that there is um, there is another one and mm. a few. Yeah, but I just wanted to try to put that out there and try it in another way so then people can use it in schools or mm -hmm. in working and activities with children with DLD and sort of say it's okay to have DLD mm -hmm. and it's not all negative it is positive mm -hmm. as well yeah so yeah <laughs> has anything surprised you about publishing a book <laughs> um, I suppose um, it was a lot to a lot of new information to sort of navigate and I had to have uh, my family sort of do it with me in a way of oh I need your help can you just read this because I'm not good with all the information but the um, Bear with us, um, productions. Who I who created the book and the illustrator as well. They were also supportive and understanding, and it was the first time, so it was all new. And I was just they helped it with all the way of each step. So, and then, yeah, I was really happy with everything and. I'm really surprised with the feedback as well because I was so nervous. I was, I just wanted to like, um, hope to do it well, and that I always get nervous about what other people think. Mm. So yeah, so it was a, when I hear the nice comments, it's very overwhelming for me because uh, I'm not too used to it. Not in a nasty. It's lovely yeah. to have compliments, but it's very new and I sometimes a bit awkward of how to respond. I was hoping that you might be able to read a few pages from your book for us, if that's all right. Okay. I have got the book here. I was going to say, <laughs> I have my copy here too. <laughs> Take it away. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> I have strengths and weaknesses adding to my uniqueness. I have passion and ambition. Raising awareness is my mission. I am more than a label. I am more than capable and able. Thank you so much.
Shelby, if people are interested in buying your book, and I'm sure that they will be, where are people able to purchase your recently released book? It is on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so it can eventually, it doesn't have to be only sold on Amazon. There is that possibility it can be sold elsewhere as well but mm -hmm. i don't know that information <laughs> i would have to okay. find and see where else it can be sold 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 yeah 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 no that's great so what we'll do is we'll actually link in the podcast notes to um amazon where you'll be able to buy a copy of shelby's dld why can't you see me book um, we'd love if you supported her and hopefully it will inspire her to keep on um, making amazing content and books for people to enjoy for years to come. <laughs> Shelby, you're obviously very busy with your advocacy work, but you make it look incredibly easy. Can you talk us through a day in the life of Shelby? Um, okay. This one's a bit tri hard because um, normally I, a, a day in life would be um, working for the amazing service that I work for and the support that we do. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy the work and very important to me and I just want to help as well and make a difference as we can. Um, and then, yeah, it would be after that, it'd be walking my dogs, it'd be cooking and doing all the other activities as well as a family life. Um, but at the moment, um, most recently, it's sort of still tricky because... Um, how do I say it? Uh, my normal day at the moment is not what it was used to be because mm. um, I am living with a um, chronic illness. So mm. I'm struggling with my health at the moment as well as my mental health. So um, I'm taking each day as it comes and mm when I am well enough and on the days that I can do something, I try to do something and keep me busy and active. And so I am really sort of grateful for the book because it gave me something to focus on as well as all the um, other activities and opportunities with the um, awareness for DLD as well. Oh, I mean, it's so appreciative. I'm sorry to hear the things are tougher than usual and you know that we're here anytime you need to reach out i know that you and nat have struck up a dm uh <laughs> chat certainly i think on instagram which i am still struggling to learn how to use most days of the <laughs> most days of the week one of the things that i guess i've learned from advocacy over the last oh five ten years or so is that it's not up to me to go out and speak on behalf of people with different conditions. Um, I felt for a long time that I needed to do that because I didn't know people with DLD who would share 
what they do. And, and, you know, then you've come along and really given me that fresh reminder that my job is to help amplify your voice and share your experiences rather than rah-rahing and blaring horns about DLD from my perspective. Um, so for me, I think it's just that constant reminder that, you know, sharing your experiences and those of other people um, who are coming out and, and sharing their uh, DLD stories is, you know, where our advocacy efforts need to go moving forward. And one day, hopefully, we can just fade into the background, you know, me, you know, and we can let everybody do their own thing, which is kind of the future that I hope for. Um, Shelby, you've touched on this already. Um, you said, you know, as an adult with DLD, is there anything that you still find tricky you know you've had um these opportunities for support i know but is there anything that you just think oh this is still something that just doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon um I, there is a lot of things i still struggle with and it is sort of difficult to explain or try to record or show other people Mm -hmm. um but with all the strategies and support that does help um i don't know i struggle with the speaking understanding still with vocabulary um and i sort of have to process the information and either ask for help when i don't understand or do the checking like does that make sense do you understand tell me yeah. like that reassurance if they understood what i mean my family would definitely say the part what i always struggle with is my short-term memory <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite bad and it, it's <laughs> it's very challenging in the day-to-day -day lives and the impact um it's just the out of sight, out of mind. If if it's not all written down, or have the reminders or like notes, I would just won't. It's the little things, but I feel like it's normally normal. Everyone would have some kind of sort short term memory, but with me and with the DLD, I feel like it's a bit more. So, mm -hmm. um, if they if I've been told to do something five minutes ago that would be totally gone out of my head or it would be if I put my washing on and I forget that it's in the washing machine or forget to hang it out or <laughs> just little things like that or if you go to make a cup of tea <laughs> I put it on but then forget that I'm making a cup of tea mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I or like do the um water and then probably forget the meal the stuff like that or with yeah. cooking i forgot that i just cooked on the stove and i went to put it back on the place and i burnt i've got burnt i burnt myself so yeah it's all oh, them ouch. things you sort of forget but i feel um it's quite hard to explain the impact of mm. dld has on someone because it is every day mm. you're living with it every day and mm. yeah it's just them strategies to help you as well 
Well, that segues beautifully into my next question, which is for our listeners that include people with DLD and their families, what's helped you to manage how DLD impacts your life? Mm. What sorts of things do you put in place? I'm very visual. Mm -hmm. So we were using um, symbols or pictures, like communication imprint, that sort of style, or writing it down or having an object physically being modelled information. Mm -hmm. Um, Eva's gestures are good. And I actually like, I can never say the word right, math, 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 no, it's not coming out. Uh, <laughs> math, 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 no, it's not coming out. Uh, Mathiton, yeah. Mathiton, yeah. yeah, that, <laughs> the signing, I love, I love that because I, um, I have some Mathiton signing. Mm-hmm. I probably need to practice a bit more, but yeah. I love that, and that sort of helps support your understanding and that visual reminder and cues. Um, and actually, learning the um, the signing for the alphabet that actually helps me because I I with the if it is DLD or the dyslexia side. Mm-hmm. I, d- I didn't really I get confused with the alphabet but now when I do it I sort of do know the alphabet ah, yeah. it's a helpful strategy for the language and the literacy hey yeah it is it is um and I think managing it is having that support of other people your family your friends or if it is the teachers um people in school that helps you the senkai or the higher up having everyone having that understanding and that awareness does make a difference and from a work um side i can't fault my work that i work with they are so supportive and understanding and i have the extra support when i need it as well and i know for not all work some people in previous experiences as well, not it's not, you will have some work for with whether not as supportive or understanding. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily it's not your fault and I don't think it's their fault. I just think it's because of the lack of understanding or how they can help you and that knowledge that's what is lacking so people around you having good awareness helps you yeah and they've been like oh that's your dld and it wasn't it wasn't just me or if i was being lazy or if i was being rude or um being difficult or so and so so there's a there's a reason for the way i am well mm-hmm. i used to think it was just me <laughs> is it no. just me but yeah, it sort of helps explain it all. Yeah. So there's some issues that you've um, spoken about around, for example, getting an adult diagnosis of DLD. Um, 
And there's also issues around funding access, um, around get accessing support. For example, here in Australia, we've got the National Disability Insurance Scheme that keeps on declining families of children with DLD because they don't believe that DLD is permanent lifelong. They seem to get really hung up on the word developmental or think it's some sort of delay and, and people will just catch up. What would you say to people that are, you know, thinking that DLD isn't a lifelong condition or it's that kids with DLD will just grow up and, you know, it'll all sort itself out? I feel really sad hearing that, but I think that is our current situation or the reality of it because if they have if them services and everywhere if it was a, so if everyone in the world everyone had that understanding and that knowledge and that support and then we would be able to get that more funding and be like okay and more understanding of what it is actually like because it's not they don't know what it's like and i would love to for other people to sort of say have my brain for the day <laughs> you can see what it's like because it's because it's very difficult putting it into words to other people and i think as i said it's it is a shame but it is they the support's not there but if they did have all that awareness and they would hopefully be able to give us that support and i think yeah the word developmental the whole word developmental language disorder is a mouthful to say but i can understand it doesn't help because i think is it a delay or that where it's not fortunately we will never grow out of it there isn't a cure um i think mate well for me i might some days i might be like i wish there was or i wish i could grow out of it but i'm happy with it as well with mm -hmm. having it as well that makes sense <laughs> absolutely perfectly um so um, if you were sitting with a young person with DLD, what would you like them to know? That it's okay to have DLD. It's okay to be yourself. Um, but you don't have to change or try to fit in or change for the people around you or that it's other people... It's other people's understanding and their, their, the way they see DLD or the way they see us needs changing. Um, there, there are days where it is you, you can be frustrated and think, oh, or feel so low about yourself. But just know that you're not alone there's others with dld out there don't bottle up any of your emotions or your thoughts speak to someone and there is it will get better because i know that there's i remember times i was thinking oh like it's 
it didn't look so bright, but it will be bright and you are more capable than you realise. And that's having that self-love as well and that self-esteem and the confidence does help because obviously we can internalise our behaviours as well. It is okay to be different. Be you. Oh, you got me there, Shelby. Okay, got goosebumps. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add other than amazing. Thank you. And I think that <laughs> that is something that so many people that I know would love to hear because they often feel all of those things that you've said. Um, and I think that maybe as somebody who supports people with DLD, it's easy for me to say, oh, everything will be okay, but not every day is going to be okay, you know, and to know that there are other people out there that feel what you're feeling and think what you think, I think makes it a little less lonely, doesn't it? Maybe a little tiny bit easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. We're drawings to a close, um, but I, I have a couple more questions for you and, I'd love to know what you'd hope to see in the future for DLD, whether it's in advocacy or awareness or support. I think I know, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. <laughs> I would love for it to be a brighter future of DLD and that everyone receives the support, the understanding, the awareness that you need to be able to live the life that we should live as well. Mm. Yeah. Here, here. At the DLD project, um, this is my drawing to a close question. Um, we're focused on self-care when we can and finding time to breathe in our busy days. What sorts of things do you do to look after yourself? Mm. I think looking after your mental well-being and your emotional well-being is so important and the self-care is so important as well um i think i when i when i have um when i go through day or go for a hard time i have always done painting to help me um it's like obsessively sometimes i just have to paint to let all that emotion mm -hmm. and thoughts out instead of keeping it in and or when i can't put it into words um so painting does really help me mm -hmm. i think having a routine or like a little self-care box or go-to um things with all the things that you love to do so activities wise to help you i love walking my dogs that does that helps me get out of the house every day um and it, so i love my dogs so much i have to know what breeds what, what type of dogs <laughs> important um, questions <laughs> I have two. They are both rescue dogs. So oh, we have 
Um, we we got Duke first. He's uh-huh. he's either coming up to six or seven. Uh-huh. I was remembering how old people are and the dates. So yeah, no. I don't remember. That. But he was a stray, and we mm-hmm. got him when he was nine months. And he's an Anatonian Shepherd's dog, but uh-huh. he's quite dark for his mm-hmm. for his breed, and he's yeah. massive. He's like a horse. I was going to say, they're not small. (laughs) No. And then um, Buster, he's he's more, I don't know what he is. (laughs) He's a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. He has a lovely pig's tail. Gorgeous. He's got a big body, Mm -hmm. but a small head and small legs. Oh, buffy. Yeah, but yeah, he's a character, but yeah, they're lovely dogs. No, oh, beautiful. Anything else that you were at before I cut you off and ask you all about your dogs? <laughs> I was going to say I love to bake. Baking helps me as well. I love cooking. Mm-hmm. More cakes. I'm not very good at <laughs> I tried to cook, um, what was it, millionaire shortbread, but the, uh... caramel, the caramel inside. I did it. I was so happy. I was like, yeah, I made caramel. But <laughs> but when what? we ate it, <laughs> it had a – it crystallised. Uh, Is it crystallised? Yes. It was yeah. so rock hard. It broke that – it could break your teeth. I was like, <laughs> my best. Oh, <laughs> yeah. stick to cakes, hey. <laughs> Shelby, I'm curious now because we've heard all about these amazing things that you're up to. So what's next for you? We'd love you to share any grand plans that you might have i'm very creative and i have so many ideas i have another idea that i want to tell you about oh i was gonna say should i be pausing yeah (laughs) i won't say too much but it's a bit i don't know it's a good one but i was thinking of doing some new some more giveaways of the book Mm -hmm. um and then I have a new poem ah. out there. And then I have my I have some more ideas. Mm-hmm. Loads of ideas that I would love to do, but I just need that help or that knowledge mm-hmm. of how to do it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully maybe some more books. But I would love to translate some books into different languages. I think that all sounds amazing. And I feel like we need to wrap up so I can hear about your uh, off-air idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for talking on the Talking DLD podcast. I hope that we've made you feel like part of the family because we feel like you are. Um, (laughs) We love everything you do. And I know that Nat was very jealous that I was getting to talk with you today. Um, So thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Shelby, for joining us on the Talking DLD podcast. And Sean is right. I'm extremely jealous that I missed that chat. I have a page full of quotes to share with you and just to recap from this amazing podcast. Um, Shelby said, I would love for other people to have my brain for the day. You can see what it's like because it's very difficult and the support is not there. I found that really um, heartbreaking to hear 
but I think she's onto something because I think if people actually did experience life with the DLD brain, they would be far more inclined to take action because people with DLD are not being recognised, they are not getting the support they deserve. And we need to make sure that we change that by amplifying the voices of people with DLD like Shelby. You can support Shelby's amazing work by purchasing her book, DLD, Why Can't You See Me on Amazon. And you can also um, follow her on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. We're going to put all the links to those pages and to the book on Amazon um, in the post that comes along with the podcast. So please get behind Shelby and by sharing um, her work, uh, her poems and her amazing book, and sharing this episode of the Talking DLD podcast, you are going to be helping raise awareness of DLD and we can't do it without you because together we are creating a world where people with DLD are recognized, understood and empowered to live their best life, the life of their choosing. Thanks for being on this journey with us.